Hey Moonies! Welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson. I'm here with B. Law, the founder and CEO of Quirk Chat, a virtual social network for anime and geek fandom commentary with over 30,000 quirks. Super excited to have her on the show. Hey B, welcome to the Sailor Moon Fan Club. Hello there. Thanks so much for having me. Super duper excited. Super duper excited to have you here. I was, uh, well, I don't think I told you this, but, like, I feel like you are one of, like, the, like, top, like, black women in this, like, geek nerd space where, like, like, pioneering oh. us into. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that so much. Especially, like, in my head, I'm just thinking of all of the other, like, amazing women in this space who are, are, are killing it too. Many of which you've had on your podcast before. So I'm glad that you see me as one of those women. Yeah, definitely. I'm so excited to have you here. Like, I mentioned this to you before we started recording, but like, I have a bunch of shirts from the Quirk Shop. I have the Quirk Chat app on my phone. Like, I oh, yes, a stan over here. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, it's so funny. I remember when you first started your um your podcast because we were following you on Instagram, and I was like, yes, somebody made this. Like, I'm just glad that this exists, and it's like a black woman. Heck yeah! And then I was like, oh, one day I'll be on the show, and now I'm here. <laughs> It's so funny, like, because I just started because I wanted to and I thought it'd be fun. And then it wasn't until afterwards. I was like, wow, there's actually no, there's no, there's no there aren't any black women like in this space, like with a podcast. Mm, and there yeah. are a lot of black women Sailor Moon fans. And I was just like, whoa, this is cool. I can like talk to black women about Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, it's so wild. I think that's how it always starts. Like, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it later, but like, that's kind of what made me start uh, the company that I have now. It's just like, oh, well, I know we're out here. So I'm going to just put my voice out there and see who comes. And of course, people come. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they definitely have. Yeah, we will talk about that later. But first, we we, we start with Sailor Moon. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. I know where I'm at. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So first question I ask everyone is, what is your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Oh, gosh. All right. Let's see. So um, for those listening, I am a millennial, like 90s kid, um, but I grew up very much so as like a tomboy, like in a house full of all guys. So the thing that was always on TV was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Yu-Gi-Oh, big Yu-Gi-Oh family. (laughs) And um, let's see, Pokemon and like the work. So I remember like coming across Sailor Moon, I, I guess it was back when it was on. I don't know. Like, I, I wonder like if it was Toonami or just like some other like random channel that it came on. But I remember it coming on and the guys being like, nah, <laughs> like, like, no, absolutely not. And then I would randomly watch it. But then I was like, oh, like that that's not cool. Like I I think I just remember a scene of um Usagi crying and I was just like, oh like I'm not a crybaby. So like I just that that was like my first thought was just like she cries, I'm not a crybaby. But it was funny because growing up I used to get called crybaby all the time. So I think I kind of like wanted to rebel against that. I was like, I'm not a crybaby, like, oh I'm not gonna watch this now. So that was, like, actually, like, my first thought was me trying to be, like, this tough, like, girl in this house full of guys of I'm not going to watch it. But, of course, we know how the story goes. Like, I definitely ended up watching it later in life and loved it. 
Yeah, no. First of all, your brothers, how dare they? (laughs) Brothers and cousins. Yeah, I like had a mixed family. So like brothers and cousins, they were all just like, nah. (laughs) How dare they? Um, And yeah, I could totally see that. I think there's like a, oh, I'm not this. Like, I don't want to be associated with it because, like, I want to distance myself from this, like, perception Mm -hmm. that people have of me. Exactly. And I'm wondering if also you might have caught it. I know it was on, like, UPN and, like, Fox Kids. Yeah, I feel like it was, like, a Fox Mm -hmm. or something. Because I know, I mean, then we didn't really have, like, cable or something. So I was like, was it, like, what what did we watch it on? But I, I think it may have been something like a Fox or, like, WBPN type of type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was on all of them at some point. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when did you come back to it? You said you got back to living your early when you're older. Yeah, I was gonna say um, there was a time. I don't I don't know when they ended up putting it on streaming, but I think that's when I started. So definitely like several several years ago uh, is when I like fully got back into it. But uh, when I was in high school. I was in uh, an Asian culture club, uh, which was basically, we call it Asian culture club, but it was basically anime club. Mm-hmm. And I actually helped uh, my friends start it. So I definitely controlled a lot of the things that we watched. But one of the things that um, we did was like just watch anime each time. And I know that there would be a few times that we'd watch Sailor Moon. So that's when I was like, okay, like a little bit different than from what I remembered growing up as a kid but I didn't fully rewatch it until maybe like five years ago or a little less than five years ago was when when I got back into it and I was like oh man like this would have been great if I had grown up with this like maybe I would have felt more empowered <laughs> as opposed to like rebelling against it like I did yeah yeah I totally get that I mean you know you, you come to it when you're ready when it when it's time it's fine. yeah <laughs> yes we all have to come back to it I feel like but there was a time like thankfully um people were talking about it a lot on Facebook like some of the Facebook groups I was in and it seemed like we were all just re-watching Sailor Moon as adults for the first time and it was, we were just like oh my god like freaking out so even though I didn't have it when I was a kid or when I was younger it kind of felt like that same like oh wow I actually have people to talk to you about this now which which was great so yeah that is super cool yeah and I think so it came back to it caught on Hulu in 2014 so that's probably when yeah you, oh wow yeah. yeah gosh that's like seven years yeah. ago yeah I was gonna say it was about that time because I remember I had graduated college and stuff so yeah it was about that time when when I did that's yeah. awesome Fun fact, it came out on my birthday. I was very excited. Oh my god, that's so cool. Wait, now I need to know when your birthday is. Can you it, can you tell? I can tell. It is May 19th. It is coming up. Very oh, excited. stop. Yeah. Oh, happy early birthday. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah, it was May 19th, 2014. And I was like, this is for me specifically. Yes, <laughs> the universe conspired for you. Right. Definitely. So yeah, I'm so happy that um, because I wasn't sure. I actually never thought, I never realized that that was probably a lot of people's first introduction to Sailor Moon too, Mm -hmm. because it was finally like widely available in a way that was more accessible. Yeah, I I was gonna say I remember growing up. It was hard for me to watch anime all the way through if I didn't have like a plug, like someone who like could teach me like uh, how to watch the full whatever it was even if it was like Naruto like like it's like if you miss episode Naruto thankfully they would like 
uh, replay and stuff like that. But like some of the more, um, I don't know, some of, some of the other anime, it was like you had to have like a friend that could connect you to like the site that um, would allow you to watch it. That's why like people today are just like, oh, you get to go to Hulu and Netflix and watch this. Like, that's great. I remember having to like wait for a very long time <laughs> for this thing to download and then there wouldn't be any subtitles or it'd randomly be in another language. I'd be like, dang, I just wasted hours of my days trying to, to watch this thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So much time spent downloading or like, trying to find it or like going Mm -hmm. to different websites or finding different YouTube clips. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube was, man, YouTube was great uh, for it, but it took a lot of effort. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or even like, and this thing happened, this actually happened with me with K-dramas later on too, where it's like they didn't have subtitles. So you still watched it and you're like, I can maybe mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done that several times where I just, all right, let's use context clues. He's doing this. All right. <laughs> right. All right. I think this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily it's, it's on Hulu now. So yay. <laughs> yes. Everybody's lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um. And so, so during that rewatch, do you have any favorite moments or favorite like episodes? Let's see. Um, well, I was gonna say it was more or less of like who I think with Sailor Moon, we all try to kind of find ourselves within the different guardians of like who do I relate to the most? I think that's what I, I find people doing. So with like my rewatch, I was just like, wow. So like as a kid, <laughs> I was definitely like in between like an Omi, like a Sailor Mercury, because I was definitely more of like the book smart, like the one who led the class projects, like that type of person. But also kind of sort of more of like a Mak- Makoto, like Sailor Jupiter, like kind of on like the tomboy yet girly side of things. So there weren't like, I think it was just like, them um as characters just seeing how one they like stumbled across Usagi and like just their journeys through that as well as just I don't know just seeing their their day-to-day how they handed uh how they kind of reacted to each other and how they definitely just held their part within the group that was just I don't know pretty cool to me like and I, I think we still all do kind of see ourselves of like all right I, this is who I am. I'm Sailor Mars. I'm Sailor Jupiter, Venus, or whatever. And I definitely found that in my rewatch. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm always like, forget your favorite color, forget your astrology sign. What is your favorite <laughs> Sailor Senshi? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's a real, I like that mix a lot. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like yeah. they're both like super like aspirational. Like I want to be like them both. Yeah, though I did, of course, I mean, like, Sailor Venus's, um, I guess, like, her kind of arc and her relationship with um, with Sailor Moon, I mean, with Usagi, just um, that, and kind of just seeing her life before uh, she met up with the other Guardians, I found her kind of, like, love triangle uh, to be very interesting to me. Like, I'm, I'm always good for a, a good love triangle, like, one of my favorite uh, other anime is Inuyasha, so everyone knows there's a crazy love triangle with that one. <laughs> so I think uh, with Sailor Venus, I just found her uh, previous life to be quite interesting. Yeah, that's a really good episode, too. It's so, mm-hmm. 
gut-wrenching and like oh gosh i know (laughs) i know yeah just like dang i thought she was dead and then here we are like i don't know just that that reuniting with her past was was very interesting yeah that's a great episode yeah that was one of the episodes that during my like most recent rewatch because i don't remember like i don't think i don't remember if that episode was in the dub the original original English dub. I don't think so either. Yeah. And so I was just like, whoa, this is a really good episode. Like, I really had, like, a, a renewed appreciation. Yeah. I was going to say, gosh, like, I, I'm i excited for, um, I don't know, just the people that are able to see the versions of Sailor Moon that we didn't get growing up in yeah. America. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, the, the very heavily censored version of, like, all right, let's make this palatable for the American uh, children, like now, like you're like as a grown up, you can be like, okay, wow, there there was a lot more there that we missed out on, but it's cool that we have it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some things that I do like with the English original English dub, like Molly's like random Brooklyn accent. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I know, right? <laughs> but um, She's but like, yeah, why does her best friend have it a Brooklyn accent? <laughs> That's fine. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a thing. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm so happy that, like, people get to see, like, you know, Sailor Uranus and Neptune aren't cousins. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, like my that. gosh. Yo, I love Sailor Uranus. I'm just going to say, like, mm-hmm. I was just like, wow. Like, yep. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely awakens some things in people, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Awakens <laughs> your inner senshi. Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, I like will post her a lot more than Mamoru for that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, such a heartthrob. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was gonna say like Mamoru tuxedo mask. I was like, oh, typical. But right. then, but then you have this. I'm like, okay, I, my my eyes are open. What do you have to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Completely agree. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let's switch over and talk about you a little bit. Oh, cool. <laughs> All the amazing things you are doing. Um, so, I know many, many years ago, <laughs> you started Quirktastic. So how did, how did you come up with that idea? Like, what made you want to do that? Oh, wow, yeah. So, um, yeah, for, for those who, I guess you kind of introduced it a little bit at the beginning, but uh, I run a company that's now called Quirk Chat, but it was originally called Quirktastic. And even before that, I had, like, a personal blog so just all the different layers that's taken, I'm trying to like go back, like when when did I start? Why did I start? And um, before I started all of these, some people don't know that, or I guess most people don't know that I had like a whole career uh, as a scientist. <laughs> like I worked in cytogenetics. Uh, that was like my, supposed to be my path in life was to go into the medical field. Um, I basically just done that my whole life, things in biology. However, one thing that's always been a trend in my life was anime as well as just like alternative lifestyle, whether it was music or just whatever I was into. I kind of, um, I wouldn't say that I've always owned it, but it was like, well, this is just who I am. You're going to think I'm weird for it. It's whatever. And I was only seen as weird because I was like one of the few black girls in Matthews, North Carolina, very small town in North Carolina. Uh, who liked anime. So it was just something that I'd always kept with me. Um, and then it was, I finally like found my people when I was in high school um, of just like all different backgrounds. Just like, okay, you're cool that I like these things. Great. 
Then I grew up, went through college, was having this full career working in science. And I still was like, well, I would love to have some friends to, you know, go back to conventions with. I went to my first convention back in like 2008, I believe. But I hadn't really gone to any conventions throughout college or anything. And with kind of the resurgence of anime coming back onto streaming, I was like, well, like it would be really cool to reconnect with people who like this genre. Uh, So I went online, of course, looking for it. And where do we all end up? Either Facebook groups or Reddit. And I ended up on Reddit. And for those who are like avid Redditors, it can be a great place and it can be a horrible place. And if you're like, yeah, if you're like a black girl who likes anime and cosplay, it can be a crazy place sometimes. And that's just what I kept running into was like just lots of like hateful comments about me liking whatever I liked or people thinking like, oh, you don't really like this thing or whatever, which I'm like, it's an anonymous form. Like, why why are you coming at me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so with that, um, it was like like a whole juxtapose of or juxtapose of like different things of like, okay, I'm having this stuff on Reddit come at me, as well as um there were these lists that kept getting posted of a uh, list of cosplayers that you should know. And I go through them and none of them would be black. Or, like, most of them wouldn't even be Asian. I'm just like, do y'all know, like, that anime characters are Asian? No? Okay. Right. And um, I would just get so upset. And I had this other blog um, that kind of just talked more about my life and things. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to use my platform. And kind of out of spite, I'm just going to make this really long list of cosplayers of color that I know, focusing mostly on Black cosplayers and just basically to kind of like hopefully like hope that it would rank high in the google search and that people would find it and realize like oh people are out here so i made this list it was like i don't know maybe like 200 to start <laughs> like 200 black cosplayers you should know or cosplayers of color i forgot what i named it um at the time but then once i made that list and i told a few of the people that they were on it it kind of spread like wildfire like i remember that month I think we got like a half a million page views to that wow. one post. Yeah, it's like, oh snap. <laughs> like people people wanted this content. Like this is great. I was like, well, okay, well I found my audience and I kind of just started um just exploring that side of me that I kind of let go to the past because uh I was working in science. So uh, that's was like the start of Quirktastic, the media company. I was like, all right, I, I think I'm finding my people. I want to just keep creating content for my for my people. And by my people, I just mean other nerds that were online, especially um, other women, other black women uh, in this space. So from there, I just started creating content. Um, and then since I was working in a lab, like 10 to 13 hours a day. Um, And having this kind of like as a side project, I ended up hiring a few other writers later on to just uh, create more content and just different points of view. So we branched out to um, alternative uh, lifestyles, so like the emo goth, which was basically how I grew up. That was like probably like my first uh, group of people was just the emo kids. That was us. Nightmare Before Christmas loving, going to warp tour type of people. Um, and then uh, we just branched out to comics and manga and all these other 
platforms. And that was like the the very beginning of like Quirktastic, the brand. Um, and, and that kind of just like grew. Um, yeah, it kind of just grew to, to what it was until we decided to make a pivot this year. So yeah, that's kind of like the history of, of why I started. Basically, um, kind of out of spite. <laughs> if, I, if I look at it, I started it out of spite and because I wanted to see it exist. And then I just kind of made it happen. I love it. You are the anti-hero we need. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, man. And I'm loving the pivot, too, so far. Like I mentioned, I have Kirk Chat on my phone. Um, what made you want to, like, start the app? Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that, um, so while doing this uh, media company, we actually grew decently. Like we were able to monetize mostly through ads at the time. Though there was like one particular time where we got burned. Uh, there was this company who no longer exists anymore. I think they're called Mode, but they were this uh, advertising agency that a lot of the bloggers at the time were using. And uh, we had uh, basically gotten like a lot of our sponsored content um, and campaigns and stuff from them and like some of our banner ads and things like that. And then there was one day where I tried to log into our account and I got hit with basically not being able to log in. Then I go online and it's like, oh, they've gone bankrupt. Like the company <laughs> had gone bankrupt. That was like basically our only source of income at the time. So that's when I was like, hmm, I need to diversify our income. <laughs> I was like, this is not, this is not it. And it was like, of course, like you don't do it for money, but it's like the money helps you pay the writers. It helps you keep going and things like that. It's so I knew that we, yeah, it's like I knew we weren't going to give up. It was just like, all right, uh, banner ads and these sponsored things, like at least this way, like this, this isn't the thing. Um, so we figured out um, other ways to kind of partner with people. And that led to us partnering with a lot of, uh, members in the community. And from there, uh, I realized that I needed to learn more about business um, because I was just a scientist who liked anime that decided to do a blog at that time. Um, so this was maybe like 2017 to kind of put some time to, to put some time on it. And while I was in the lab one day, I, I would listen to a lot of just business podcasts because I'm like, I'm not going to go out and get an MBA. Like, I'm already in debt from undergrad. <laughs> Let me, like, basically, like, hodgepodge my way to, like, a business education. So I just listened to all the podcasts, um, especially from Black women who were in um, business. So whether it was, like, Side Hustle Pro. And I think Side Hustle Pro, uh, the, that podcast is what I was listening to where I heard uh, this woman, Catherine Finney, talking about an incubator um, that she was doing. And then uh, for those who don't know, an incubator is basically kind of like a, a business program that teaches you, like, like if you have a startup company, they kind of teach you the basics of business and teach you how to kind of get your, your idea off the ground. Uh, but at that time, I didn't know what an incubator was. But I was like, hmm, I kind of sort of have a business. Like, let's see if I can do this program and see what comes of it. And I actually ended up getting in the program, which was great. And that was probably like the best thing that happened for our company because I went from like not really knowing what to do, kind of doing just a blog to like being 
like, I don't want to say forced because that feels like I was like against it, but like kind of being thrown into like, all right, you need to talk to these people, these, these half a million people that have come to your, your page, you need to talk to them and see like what else they want, what their needs are, like what keeps them up at night, what are they doing? So me with my introverted self, I did a process called customer discovery, which is basically like you just talk to, you talk to the people that you think are your, your customer, your client, your community. And after just talking to a lot of the people in the community, um, I realized that we were all just looking for someone to like talk geeky stuff with. Like we just wanted to talk geek. So I was like, all right, what what can I do with this information? Like, how do I do it? Um, and I had had the idea for the app for a while, but um, at the time was not technical and did not know how to do that. So I really just honed in on making Quirk Chat like a better media company, which definitely helped. And we started going to more conventions. But then later on, I got a little bit of funding from a pitch competition that I did where I basically just pitched the idea for the app and got some funding from that and um, was able to use that funding to build like the first version of our app, which for those who remember um, was like kind of like a friendship tender to where it's like, all right, we want to just find people to talk geek with. So you kind of just go and talk to other geeks. <laughs> I have that app too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's the easiest thing to build at the moment. Like it doesn't take too much design. We can kind of just take some of the APIs that like Hinge and Tinder and stuff had used and put those functionalities together to make this first version of an app super cheap. <laughs> and that's kind of, or I say super cheap, but like running an app is actually very expensive, but like it was like what I had budgeted for. So that was the first version, but I'd always had um, just this other version in mind of like, I want people to be able to easily talk with other people about whatever um, is on their mind when it comes to geek fandom. And like in a very interesting way, like the Reddit forums for me just weren't it. Um, like the aesthetic of Reddit is not is not something that I like. And then also like some of the Facebook groups uh, just seemed super toxic after a while. Um, though, like, of course, there are some great Facebook groups, though. I think overall people were just losing faith in Facebook as like a platform. So mm -hmm. um, with all those things in mind, I was like, I, I kind of want to just build like a better, <laughs> a better social network for our community like we need to have a hub that's not just like a Facebook group or a discord server or whatever and I also wanted to make sure that our platform prioritized um, creators of color especially like black creators um, and also women just because in this space we kind of all know that it's toxic but no one's truly doing anything about it like when it comes to community self-moderation so I just figured like it would take a lot more effort to kind of try to convince these other platforms like hey you need to really solve this problem for your more marginalized users as opposed to like you know what we're gonna just fix their mistakes and we're still working on it like it's definitely a work in progress because we don't even have like a, like a percentage of the budget that these guys have but I still feel like we're, we're definitely working towards creating a platform that uh, solves some of these issues yeah well, as I, I mentioned this before we started recording I am very impressed with the app oh thanks <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> and I'm like oh how can I plan content around here because I love the idea of like 
Because so many people, like, not even just have hot takes, but, like, you know, I throw questions out on Twitter all the time, mm-hmm. on Instagram, and it'd be cool to have, like, a video component to it or, you know, just to kind of have a place that encourages that kind of reaction, um, yeah. interactions, but also, like, like you said, like, isn't toxic or isn't, uh, <laughs> you know, that really uh, is built around empowering creators of color, especially Black creators, especially Black women, Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I feel, I feel like I can put myself out there and like ask a question without like being harassed or bombarded with like really mean people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say I definitely gain um some um I guess inspiration from the people that I'd see on TikTok as well as on Twitter. Um, after uh, realizing like there were some thought leaders out there, I actually like reached out to a few of them. And a lot of them said that they felt like they were shouting out into the void. Like on Twitter, you have mostly people talking about either business or politics. And then on TikTok, it's mostly short dance. So then you have this kind of like in the middle road of people who are saying very important things to uh, the geek fandom voice, but there wasn't really a place for them to like kind of shine. So that's what I'm working towards building. Like we're definitely very early. Like we have this a uh, very early version um, that's been hodgepodge together to kind of just test idea and like see what the community does with it. But once we're um, like, we, we've got more resources now, like we're really working towards just being that platform where people can talk geek um, all day long. Yeah, I mean, I love that. I can talk geek all day long. Yeah. Especially Sailor Moon, obviously. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was happy to have another place to talk about Sailor Moon. Yes, I was going to say all the places need to be to talk about Sailor Moon. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I feel like as you're talking, like, if anyone listening, I feel like you can just tell, like, B is just, like, a boss ass. (laughs) Oh, thank you. so. That means so much. (laughs) Yeah. Which brings me to, like, your other, like, venture is your podcast, Mm. which I thought was really cool. Like, emo CEO, because, like, you know, listening to it, I didn't realize, like, there weren't many CEOs that I felt I identified with, um, mm. you know, and, you know, in the past I've tried to like start businesses and like calling myself a CEO always felt weird. And I'm sure that has to do with like imposter syndrome also. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so like thinking of like email, cause I'm like, I'm not the girl boss. I'm not the, you know, I forgot the other one you mentioned, but I was like, Oh, email CEO. I think I could, I think I could vibe with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that so much. And um, the reason that I, started the podcast so there, there were there were there was a lot <laughs> basically if, if anybody want or if anybody decides to listen to the first episode I literally recorded that after having like the worst like meltdown slash panic attack of my life like I just had like a breakdown I think it was in like the middle of the pandemic where I was like yo what the heck am I doing like I've been running uh quirktastic was the name of it at the time like for this amount like and I was just dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome, feeling like I wasn't getting where I, I, I wanted to be in life and was just very worried about the perception that I was um, like giving off to people um, at the time in this space. And, and by in this space, I mean like the Silicon Valley tech startup space. And I think with that, I just kept trying. I don't want to say like, well, yeah, I was trying. I kept comparing myself to something that I was not. And I had um, actually this one investor uh, basically kind of tell me that I needed to be more polished is kind of what she said. And for some reason that just made me feel like 
crap. <laughs> like, I'm sure she was, like, she was another woman who I think was trying to prepare me for, like, basically, like, this is a hard um, arena to be in. You need to make sure that, like, all your stuff is polished all the time. Leave your emotions at the door and, like, come correct when you come into these meetings. But for me, I was like, you know what? No, like, I don't think I want to actually interact like not interact like you have to interact with different types of people especially in this thing but it's like I'm not going to change who I am based on who's on the other side of this zoom call like you're gonna see who I am and that should be okay you know like I'm a great leader I'm someone who's very focused you could look through all of our analytics our business plan whatever but like I'm not gonna come into this meeting and pretend to be some super polished boss lady uh, that you expect me to be or like the next Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg. Like, no, I am the one and only B-Law. I get emotional sometimes. I have to take mental health days and I get anxiety before some of our meetings, but like I'm still going to come and deliver and that should be enough. And that's kind of what inspired me to do the podcast because I'm sure there are so many other people who feel this way of like, oh, I don't really fit the archetype of what a um, a leader or CEO is supposed to be with. And I, I definitely felt that growing up because uh, growing up, I um, had a speech impediment. Sometimes you could still hear it now. Like I don't speak as clearly as I could and or as some other people do. And that used to hold me back a while. I was like, I don't want to be on podcasts. I don't want to talk in front of people because people are going to notice that she talks a little weird. And that used to hold me back so much. So I used to be super timid. And I realized it's like, you know what? This is who I am. This is all that I can be. I can't let myself be a barrier to my own success. And I just wanted to instill that in other people through the podcast. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's so important. And thank you for like putting yourself out there for the betterment of others because – like, like you said, there there are people out there who are like, oh, I'm not this, therefore I can't be a CEO. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's important to see, like, you know, you can have a speech impediment and be a CEO, or you can not have a speech impediment and be a CEO. You, you can, like, not be a girl boss, or you can be emo, or you can be, like, have anxiety and all these other things. Like, exactly. I used to, like, hate public speaking, um, and now I've, like, put on panels and, like, have a podcast for some reason. Yeah, I love, I know, I love that so much. I was gonna say, and, like, I know so many people who are introverts, because I, I'm definitely an introvert, like, people mm -hmm. who, people always assume, because I, I have somewhat of, like, a, I guess, a bubbly speaking voice. Mm -hmm. I, sometimes some people assume that I'm extroverted, but, like, no, like, those who have gone to BlurredCon have probably seen me on the side of, like, the curb just, like, tapped out for the day, because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I can't <laughs> talk to people right now, like, I've had enough, my social battery is done, and, like, that's okay, even as a CEO, like, you can be an introvert and still thrive, just surround yourself by the extroverts, and it'll be fine. <laughs> yep, yeah, completely agree, I'm totally, like, the person like halfway through come on I'm like catch me in the food court I'm gonna be sitting by myself for a little bit exactly come back later <laughs> exactly <laughs> need to go recharge for a bit right <laughs> yeah but fun times also well we'll talk I guess we talk about it um because I'm really excited for QuirkCon but you mentioned BlurredCon and I was like oh yeah QuirkCon oh like, yeah <clears throat> yeah oh my gosh shoot we'll see how this uh pandemic pans out <laughs> yeah. yeah though the first the first QuirkCon 
uh, was so special to me because mm-hmm. honestly, it was, oh, Lord, doing a con is hard work, man. <laughs> it is hard work. <laughs> and thankfully, like, I, um, I've become friends with, uh, the the founder of blurred con so he was definitely Mm -hmm. there to support us through our initiatives but our first uh court con maybe had like 500 people at it um and it was like a three-day event in durham north carolina and um it was just so it was so fun like definitely smaller than other cons but like for like i was just happy that it happened honestly because there were times where i was just like (laughs) y'all like like this (laughs) Shoot, this hotel block, man, like, this is a lot. And um, there was there was another con um, that I will not mention for the fact of not wanting to be shady, but there was another con that had advertised and that did not happen mm. that, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that yeah. had happened, I think, like, a few months before we were going to have ours, or I don't know if it was a few months before, like, the year before or whatever, but I was like, oh. April, I want to say 2018. Okay, yeah. So ours, we we had ours uh, 2019. But I just remember, oh yeah, it was April 420. I remember that day. Yep. <laughs> I was but, supposed to go too, but you know yeah. we're not gonna talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um, but with that, I was just like, oh my god, it's going to be like I I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be harder for us to reach out to some of the same companies that they right. had did because it's like I don't want them to be like oh well this didn't work out and you're a new con too and you're a black woman like hmm so we did have mm-hmm. we actually did face a little bit of struggle with some of the people that we reached out to I'm not saying it's because of that but it was just like huh what a coincidence like y'all don't want to take the chance on us because of, of well this also happened but I'm just very thankful that ours worked out because that was a big stress for mine I was like oh no matter what we ha- we've already announced it like we have to make it work um but with QuirtCon in the future um I'm just excited to see uh how it changes now that we have the app and like where the app is headed I um hoping that it'll feel more like a like reunion whenever we do decide to do it again it definitely of course won't be this year um not sure if it'll be next year but Maybe, maybe the next year. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> or, <I> mean, yeah. <laughs> everything's so uncertain now. But either way, I will be there. I was like so sad I missed the other one. I was like, I'll just go next year. And then. And then, and then, and it, then it all the went down. down. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's like last year was supposed to. Well, I mean, everybody. But I was like, oh, I'm launching the Sailor Moon podcast. I'm going to be at all the cons. And it was just like, nope, there are no cons. I there know. Are, there are no cons. Right. March 2020 said, psych. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Oh my god. But all good. Um, And then I want to talk about one other thing that you mentioned before the podcast. That was really cool too. Mm -hmm. Was that you are moving to Tulsa. Yeah. Yeah. I'm moving. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, I've kind of moved all over to be completely honest. Like I I feel like I move like every six months. I've been in Atlanta, San Francisco, Oakland, LA. And then now I'm in like the DC area. Um, but I am moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I got this opportunity through Tulsa Remote, uh, which is a program that Tulsa, Oklahoma is doing that basically pays tech entrepreneurs to move to their state. Um, I'm assuming that it's like they're trying to like change their image or like bring more um, 
to their economy and things like that, uh, which I'm like, oh, I'm all, I'm all for an underdog. <laughs> so right. like, I, yeah, I was just like, oh, I applied for it. But then I found out about tornadoes there and I was like, whoa, there, oh. I am not trying to get wiped <laughs> away. But um, apparently it's not as big of an issue as I thought it was, though. I'm just super excited to move to Tulsa um, for those who either know of the history or had the opportunity to watch Lovecraft Country and then find out about the history. But Tulsa, Oklahoma is um, home to one of the first Black Wall Streets. Uh, back, and then there is a massacre that happened back in like 1921, I believe, um, that kind of wiped it out. And I've just always been very curious to know um, just kind of how, how it's been rebuilt, like what the generations uh, beyond that have been doing to rebuild uh, the Black Wall Street. So I'm just super excited to be now a part of the Black Entrepreneur Experience down there and just hopefully buy some real estate because thankfully it's a lot cheaper than it is in the DMV area, which is great. Um, and yeah, that, that's pretty much the, the Tulsa thing. I'm super excited and I, I hope I like it. Yeah, this is really cool. I actually just looked up the program and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. I can <laughs> yeah. <do> some of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and honestly, like, it's so funny. This is kind of like the theme of my life these past few years that I've been building um, Quirktastic and then now Quirk Chat was like, um, I had this philosophy, like after I quit my, after I quit my whole career as a scientist, to my family's dismay, I was like, I'm going to just take all the chances. I was like, why not just throw your name in a hat and see if it works out for you? And that's how it was for this opportunity. I was like, I'm not pressed about it. Like if I don't get in, then I don't have to worry about tornadoes. But if I do get in, then I could potentially go down there and be a part of this cool community of people. And um, yeah, and I put my name in the hat and it actually got got picked. So it's been pretty cool to just go through this journey so far. So I move in almost exactly a month. Uh, so yeah, I'll be down there soon. Sounds like a win to me. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That is super cool. I'm excited for you. That's such a, like, I don't know, I never, like, I never, I didn't put that together when you first said it, and I was like, oh, yeah, Tulsa, Black Wall Street, like, it would be actually, because I'm like, Oklahoma, but I'm like, actually, it would be really cool to go and see. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what I was thinking. Like, anytime that I mentioned Tulsa, they're like, where is that? I'm like, Oklahoma, and they're like, where is that? <laughs> <laughs> Literally had to look it up on a map because yeah. uh, my education right. on geography and the United States map is not great. Oh, but- it is fun. It's that little pan state right above Texas for anyone yeah. who's listening. <laughs> I yeah. just looked it up and I was like, oh, right next to Texas. Got it. Yes. <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> yes, though that's like another thing that's just very important to me. Like I know um, for some it kind of seems like a random move, but mm-hmm. one thing that's always been important to me is just like the idea of ownership, um, especially like as a black woman, like my my family, like I'm like I've just been told the stories of just like I'm direct descendants of slaves uh, in America. Like my family's from Alabama and North Carolina. So like I get told all the stories even from like slavery to like, being like sharecroppers uh, in my family. So I think the idea of just building generational wealth as well as like ownership has just been important to me. So thankfully I've been able to explore that a bit with Quirk Chat. And um, it's definitely something that I want to continue as I go down to Tulsa um, to just see what the, um, I don't know, see what the entrepreneurship 
uh, community is looking like down there. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, anyone who's listening, if you're also on that same wave, I love just connecting with uh, like-minded people who are also on that wave, especially in this super amazing Sailor Moon and nerdy uh, anime community as well. Yeah. I feel like Sailor Moon fans, like, I have not met one Sailor Moon fan that I didn't get along with. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's impossible. I, like, I'm at this point where I'm just like, I think it's impossible. It's like, if we we all agree like this, like, fighting, fighting evil by moonlight, like, come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's all you need for friendship, really. Basically. <laughs> Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm totally like looking at apartments in in Tulsa right now. Like, ooh, this is cheap. (laughs) Seriously, I was going to say for those who are used to like Upper East Coast rents, like Mm -hmm. I'm getting a two bedroom, two bath for 800. Like where? Nowhere but but Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where. (laughs) You know? You know, I'll, you know, I'll come, come on down, you know, come, come on down, Victoria. I'm going to come visit at least. (laughs) Please do. Well, I've got a whole extra bedroom for you. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, no, it seems really, really cool. It's such a cool opportunity. Um, and fun question. Uh, what would you say is your, the, your favorite piece of anime merch or your favorite piece of nerd merch that you owned? Oh, easily my Gudetama mug without a doubt. So I have a novelty Gudetama mug to where it's like mostly yellow and uh, but yeah, it's literally like Gudetama's body in a mug. I drink out of it every single day. One of my line sisters got it for me for a um, like a secret Santa type of thing and I I love it so much. I feel like Whenever I'm like off work, which is like rarely, or like whenever I'm done with work for the day, I kind of embody um, Gudetama. I'm either like Gudetama or Amori-chan, where I'm just like, oh, like I revert back into like this blob of a person (laughs) and just like, oh, don't talk to me. So that's definitely it. And then of course, like my, I have uh, people who know me know that I am all about my socks. So I have like all the socks of any... um, like any anime you could think of, any anime slash Cartoon Network cartoons. So I have my Adventure Time socks, Steven Universe socks, my hero, all of that. I am a sock girl. <laughs> I love it. I mm-hmm. love it so much. Yeah, I Gudetama is also like my inner self. <laughs> yeah, man. I was going to say, as soon as I saw it, it was just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, that's me. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. I just, like, felt comforted and just like, yes. Mm-hmm. You get me. I get you. Let's just be eggs together. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I also have... Sorry, now I'm thinking... I'm, like, looking around my room with, like, all this, like, nerd bridge that I have. I only have, like... So I'm very selective because I'm also, like, a minimalist. And being a minimalist nerd is hard, y'all. Because you have to be selective. <laughs> I have a two-rule... Two-purpose um, rule where, mm-hmm. like, it has to have, like, at least one or two... Pur- like, two purposes. So, like... I'll get, like, a mug. It's, like, it's pretty, and I, I can drink from it. Or, like, a blanket. Ex- it keeps me warm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I have a Totoro um, hooded blanket that looks like Totoro. And I'm just like, yes, it keeps me warm, and it, like, shows my nerd. But, like, I – gosh, I wanted to to do Funko Pops 
but I could not because I was like, <laughs> like I'm gonna just have like it once you start, like you're gonna have a whole bunch. But I do have the um Okoye Funko Pop where uh the wig comes off. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I was like, I have to have this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's no way. But then I like it took all of my might to like not buy more. Because once you buy one, you want to buy them all. <laughs> yeah, that's why I haven't started. Because, like, especially as a Sailor Moon fan, I feel like... Oh, yeah. You'd have the whole gang. The whole squad. And I'm just like, I can't do that for everything. (laughs) Right. You gotta have all the inner guardians at least. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's, like, at least five per. So I have, like, I have a Sailor Moon uh, figure and I have a Tuxedo Mask figure. And I was like, okay, that feels like a set. (laughs) Yes. Yep. There you go. And I have a Black Panther um, Funko Pop. And I was like, okay. I'm yeah. stopping here. <laughs> stopping here. Oh, man, you've got self-control. I love it. <laughs> you know, they were all gifts, and I think mm. that helped. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, should I get more? And I was like, nope, nope. And I just right. used a decoration for my bookshelf. Yep, and, <laughs> and there you go. And, th- and there it is. That's all. But yeah, there have been many times. Like, there's a Queen Barrel Funko Pop, and I'm like, oh, that's really oh. cool, actually. I kind of really want that. You don't get a lot of villain merch. Yeah, you really don't. Oh, yeah. man. Oof, yeah, I'm not even going to, like, go look at anything right now. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'm itching right now. I'm like, I wonder if there's new stuff. Right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool things. That's why, like, I get sacks. I don't really buy posters like that because Same. of that reason. And But there's also, like, so much art. And I'm like, I want this. <laughs> right. Yeah, I ended up, thankfully, like, a lot of the vendors will do, like, small like card stocks so like i i do i will collect some of them sometimes but i have like just a special folder that i keep them in <laughs> i have a pouch with like yes. stickers that i oh, don't I love it. anywhere <laughs> and, like, oh, like, i feel like we're like similar type of nerds it's just like oh fight the urge but like also like being very like particular about what you have in your space <laughs> yeah it's hard and i think like like you mentioned you move a lot i i moved a few times in the past three years, and I think that's kind of helped too. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, do I really want to move with this? Do I want Ex- that much? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I completely get it. Um, and then, uh, do you have any advice for someone who wants to start an app or a whole tech company via tech uh, CEO out here? Yeah. Um, Let's see. And I'll try to give real advice because I listen to all the podcasts and I'm just like, hmm, this was like fluff advice. Like I'm looking for something real. So I can kind of give you like somewhat of a guideline of what my journey was. And then hopefully you can take some shortcuts for that. Um, when people say like in the tech industry, like it's kind of all about who you know, like it's not a lie. Like I, I recently got out of an incubator or an accelerator called Techstars, which is very competitive. But like if you're able to get into any type of um, like incubator or an accelerator to where you can get around people who know this space well that can also kind of refer you to the people that you need because you're like when I first started like there was so much that I didn't know that I didn't know you know so um, that's like the first entry barrier is just like getting yourself around people who like aren't new to this but true to this that way you kind of know how to get um around and then like if you're wanting to do a tech company like you have to kind of decide yourself like all right am I going to build this myself to where like you need to take a boot camp to really learn the skills are you going to try to hire somebody that can help you build this thing um are you going to look at abroad engineers which is what I've done and like 
working towards that. But definitely just thinking about like what that team needs to look like for you to do it. And then um, I guess like the main thing is like really talking to your community. Like with Quirk Chat, we have a form within our app that's like give us feedback like report bugs report what you don't like and then people are very like quick to tell us like what's missing or what they don't like and uh, we always try to reach out to uh, those people within our community to be like what could we be doing better and just try to not take it personal like there are some times where I'm like oh I can't I can't go into the app today I know somebody's not gonna like something but then like once you don't take it personal and realize that like you're creating, if it's a community that you're creating or like a product, it's like you're doing this because you're wanting to help solve a need, probably something that you had, like you definitely need to make sure that you just stay open to what the people or the, the people that you're serving, like what their actual pain points are and not just what you think they are. So yeah, definitely. So I guess in a short recap, uh, just make sure you, you surround yourselves through people who are familiar with the tech space, whether they're an incubator or an accelerator, uh, to think about what your team should be looking like, whether you're going to build it yourself or hire somebody. And three, uh, make sure that you're talking to who that customer is or who you think they are. Yeah. That is some solid advice. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, thank you. And just like Sailor Moon had the Sailor Moon says <laughs> phrase at the end of every episode, what would your phrase be? So Sailor B says. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, I should have thought a little bit harder about this one. Let's Thanks see. Um, let's see. Sailor Sailor B says, um, you are enough. And I'll just leave it at that one. Like, you are enough. The reason I say that one is because I think we're all trying to figure out like, or feel like we're lacking at some point, like imposter syndrome is a term that I hear so much. But then I think once you realize that like, all right, you have what it takes, you may not know everything now, but like you're capable. Um, so either like you, you, you're enough or you're capable would probably be my little, little thing for people. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's so important to hear. It's so simple, but so important. Like, mm -hmm. I need to tell myself that all the time. <laughs> so, yes, I love it. Yeah. And what is next for you and where can people find you? Yeah, so what's next for us is definitely um, improving the app. We have a, a version out now that we've been getting a lot of great and awesome feedback for. So definitely try it out and would love for you to try that out. But then also know that it'll be looking even more awesome in the next few months. And you can find um, more about, about Quirk Chat at Quirk Chat on all platforms or download us in iOS and Android. And then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BossAsB um, with B-B-E-E -E, like the insect. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's funny. When I said you were boss ass earlier, I... Did not realize. I forgot that was your um. Handle, so <laughs> no, I thought that you remembered. That's why I like chuckled all awkwardly. Like, haha, she knows. <laughs> totally not. I was just giving you a compliment, and I was like, I guess see now it must be true because I just oh, like, or I subconsciously I, thought of it. <laughs> I love it, and gosh, it took so much confidence for me to like put that. I was like, it was kind of like me affirming to myself, like you know what, you are a boss ass bee, and then that's what it was. <laughs> and you are. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, yeah, 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love it. Um, and yeah, that's it. Thank you for coming on the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. Heck yeah, man. This was awesome. I'm, yeah. I love it. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah, it will be out soon for people who hear that. When you're hearing this, it's out now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, I am Victoria L. Johnson, host of the Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. And you can find me at Miss Old School on Twitter and Instagram. That's old school with a K. And you can find the podcast at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And we have merch at Mooney'sClub.com if you want to get some Mooney merch. And that's it. Thanks for listening, Mooney's. <laughs> <laughs>